From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Everybody, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin, and we're going to talk today about leading with the heart. And this was something, Linda, that I had to relearn. I think I was very heart open and heart centered as a child, and then you know I had education and and theology and all these different things, and you know my own influences and the influences of others. And I think I became very shut down and very logical, almost like a walking, talking human computer where I had really been disconnected and devoid of anything to do with my heart with respect to making decisions, to creating projects. And even though I was very successful, I didn't feel very good about the things that I was doing, especially after I got to a certain level I really felt something was missing. And after studying with such, you know, great thought leaders and having them on our shows and then taking Dr. Geraldine Tegelov's course and, you know, having the privilege of talking to Lisa Transcendence Brown, all these things helped me reconnect with my heart so I can live more fully. I could live with a disconnected heart and I can live with a closed heart, but living with an open heart even though there's pain associated with it sometime, I think allows me to lead my family better, my company better, and myself better through this time we have, you know, with each other and on earth. Well, I can't disagree with you. Uh, my story, I guess, is a little bit different. I don't think um, growing up and even as a young child, I don't, I don't have a lot of remembering of, of that time. In fact, I have very, very little. But I don't, I don't think I, had, I was ever heart open. I didn't know what that meant. Um, all I knew was that I had to protect myself. And so the only way to protect yourself is to keep yourself behind walls that kind of block off your heart. I mean, I didn't think of it like that because I didn't know all of this then. It was just the way I, I acted. I didn't really want to get too close to anything because if you got too close, it was only going to end up in hurt. Mm. So that, you know, that is very closed heart because you don't get any of the benefits of open heart when you're like that. And um, I have to say, I've, I, I've been like that most of my life up until maybe the last 10 years. See, and I think I was very, very heart open up until the, the uh, demise of my marriage and the loss of my mother. I think those things really closed my heart, shut me down. I, I began walking through life very mechanically. Yeah. And I found it much easier to work with computers than to talk to deal with, or even, acknowledge people. You know, I really stopped wanting to talk. I, I was more comfortable texting. I was more comfortable. Now, and that's part of my nature. 
you know, I find electronic communication to be much more restful when people call me and they say they haven't talked to me for a while and they want to chat. I'm like, ah, like <laughs> there's about three people on the planet that I can talk to comfortably and easily. You know, you're one of them. You know, you're very easy to talk to. We can have easy conversations. Most other conversations for me are stressful, but I realize you lose a lot when you are not heart open and communicating with people in a, in a person to person or physical manner. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's all different ways you can communicate with people. I mean, you know, all of the years that I was working, I mean, you're working with people, but that doesn't necessarily, and you're communicating with them every day, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're heart open. Uh, It just means that, okay, they're there. If I, I used to think even with friends, social friends, country club kind of stuff, if, if I never saw this person again in my whole life, it wouldn't bother me. Right. And I there's, think there's something the matter with me because I felt that way with most people. They're okay. And, and yeah, you know, I like them, but if I never saw them again, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sad. Well, and I think that's the difference between communicating and connecting. Yeah. Um, you know, connecting requires that heart yeah. to be open. And when your heart isn't open, um, it's impossible to connect and you communicate mechanically, you communicate rotely, you, you communicate the information back and forth, but I don't think either party feels anything. Right. And even if you're like in a relationship or you care about somebody, um, you can still be in that relationship and not be hard open. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you can, you can care for them. You can take care of them. You can um, be there for them. You can go through time together, but I, you know, but heart open is a whole different story, Uh, but I never understood that until, until very recently. Right. I mean, do you remember how many shows we did? I think we did like two seasons of shows where I would ask the guests, am I heart open? How do you know when your heart is open? Like, and I think it's one of those things where like, for me, I was like a tough nut (laughs) and the nut had to be cracked. And then my heart was open and I could feel the difference. Like now I can feel when my heart starts to close off. I can feel when it starts to like crust over or, you know, build up the bricks around it. Um, and it's an effort to open it again. However, like this morning, my little dog chicken nugget, he just wanted some attention and he was sitting on my chair and his tail was wagging as hard as it could. And then I found myself softening because I'm really busy in the morning. And I'm like, you want some love, don't you? He's like, his tail as fast as it could go. And even though I had my clothes on and he's going to get dog hair on him, I picked him up on my lap and he just came in for a snuggle. And I, I realized at that point how much I had let my heart close from the stress of everything going on in my life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, um, as you well know, the thing that opened up my heart was um, my dog, Lucy. Uh, you know, I don't know what she did to me, but she, she, of all people that I've known in my life in animals, she's the one that did it for me. 
Um, and I knew I was heart open because Lucy could do anything and she could disrupt my whole schedule and it would be okay. You know, um, nobody else could do that because, you know, I'm, I'm still, we talked about it in other shows. I'm very regimented. I'm a Virgo. Everything's got to be in its place. Everything's got to be done. But with Lucy, she came first. I would right. rather stay home with Lucy and be with her than, than go out to eat or go to, you know, she just, she just made me happy. And, and, you know, and there was lots of problems with Lucy, medical problems and things, but my heart was open. And, and I think once, once I felt what it felt like to have open heart, um, I don't know if it could ever close again. Right now, you know, after she passed away, um, I was devastated um, and crying and like I've never cried before for a person, you know. Um, sure. So, I mean, the, the hurt, the pain, I think that was the pain I probably wanted to avoid all my life by, by staying close heart because when your heart is open, you do, you do feel that. Right. Um, and now I, I mean, I'm, I cry now at the drop of a hat. I was never a crier. I, you know, working on a wall street in, in wall street all my life and being this, this tough, not that, you know, tough on the outside, you know, really wishy on the inside, but nobody knew that, but it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I can look at Lucy's picture now, you know, almost a year after she passed away and I, I can cry or I'm watching um, a television show with a loving family that um, they seem to really get along together and they're very cohesive and I'll cry or I'm, I'll watch the thing with horses and I'll cry because it's a whole different, it, it, it's just, it's, it's like you feel that love and warmth. And you allow yourself to feel that love and warmth. And I do now, but I, I really never did before. So right. it's a whole, whole different feeling. Right. Well, it's like, you know, I used to, you know, when I knew my heart was closed, like the, the, the aha moment I had is I used to absolutely love my romance novels. I loved when they fell in love. I loved when they had their traumas. I loved when they had their children. I loved those sweeping sagas. And then when my own, you know, marriage imploded and it was so ugly and so awful and so painful. And then my mom died. I couldn't read them for like five or six years. I couldn't listen to love songs or, you know, certain types of music. And then I knew that my heart started to open again when I could read those stories again when I could enjoy those TV shows, when I could enjoy that music and not just be like, ah, and shut it off. Yeah. No, because it, it, it hurt too much. Yeah. Yeah, you no, know. I, you know, as much, again, it, it, the hurt is very real, but what you gain from open heart supersedes that hurt by a million to one. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to keep it open. I mean, and right now um, I'm going to get a new puppy in a couple of weeks and I know that that will continue the process. I'm doing it because I feel I need to do it to, to stay heart open and to have that experience again 
Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, it'll be different, and it'll, you know, two, relationships are never completely the same. But it's like you have something to give, and they have something to give, whether it be a person or an animal or a, yeah. whatever. And and you want that exchange. Absolutely, you know, you want that exchange, but you also, you like, there is nothing better. Like even your own kids can open and close your heart or you can allow your heart and open to open and close. You know, it's very rare that your dog or your cat or even these two little fish that I have now we have, you know, carnival fish Daphne from October of last year who, who never died. And her bowl keeps getting bigger and bigger. The last week I went out and I got her a bigger fish bowl and we got her a friend. And, um, you know, so they come up to the top when I feed them and they flutter around with their little fins and they're so happy zooming around the tank. I don't know what's happened to me that I'm just happy in the morning. I'm getting breakfast ready for the kids. We're doing our morning thing. And I look at the fish tank and there's Goldie and Daphne zipping around in the tank. And I throw a Cheerio in because I found you can feed fish Cheerios. (laughs) So I throw them a Cheerio every morning and they get so excited for the Cheerio. They're batting it back and forth. They're taking nibbles out of it. And I guess it's just life, like the joy of life. And you get to, um, you get to experience that in a way with an animal, whether it's a cat, a dog, a horse, or a fish, there's something that changes in you um, that something, I haven't found anything else to be able to do that. No, I mean, you know, there's, we can't be the only crazy ones because, no. the, you know, the animal, the number of, pets now is just incredible. The, the, the pet industry is incredible. It, it increases by the billions every year. And, you know, in New York, you, you just see, you know, people walking down the sidewalks and in the park picking up dog poop. I mean, we are p- picking up all of this dog poop. Whoever, <laughs> whoever thought we, we, we would be doing that. Right. I mean, Really? I mean, who would think? It's like a surreal world when, you know, that, that we're, you know, every day that people are, are walking around picking up all the, picking up dog poop and spending a gazillion dollars on their pets and, and giving them better health care than we give ourselves. But it's for, for what? Because they're giving us love, unconditional love. I mean, isn't that what it is? Absolutely. It's unconditional love. And even, you know, like you can say, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm projecting onto these little fish, but, and they only want to be fed. But when they come over and they're looking at me out the glass with their fins flapping, it's very similar to the dog tail wagging. And, you know, they're happy to see me. And you know what, in a household with two teenagers, I'll take it. If my fish are the only ones that want to see me in the morning and my dogs, I'll take it. No, I, I, I feel exactly the same way. So whatever, whatever stress for me, because I'm, <laughs> I'm prone to stress, that this new little dog will, will bring, um, it, it doesn't even compare to, to all of the good stuff that, that I know that we'll, you know, that we'll have together. So yeah, being hard open um, is just the way I want to live my life now. And I look back and I have no regrets because I think everything in our life was meant to be because I believe we chose it. Yep. 
Um, but if I had, if, if I was heart open from the beginning of my life, not, not toward, you know, the middle or end of my life, I probably would have done things very, very differently, but I needed to learn that. I don't think that you can understand that till you see the contrast in your own life. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Until you see that contrast, um, the before and after, you know, cause when, when, when Zachary brought those fish home, I was like, Oh no, like another I don't want <laughs> another thing to take care of. And then, you know, news to me, like literally whatever, seven months later, I'm out looking for the perfect fish bowl for these, you know, this fish. And then I buy her a friend. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a him or her, but you know, it brings joy and it, it lightens things up because you end up, um, animals have a really special gift of living in the moment. Yes. And they you don't, know, I don't know in. if, right. I don't know if Sophie, Sally, Nugget, and now the fish worry about the future. Am I going to be fed tomorrow? <laughs> I don't feel that they do. I think we are the ones that put all this on us. Yes. If we could be more like the animals, look at what we can learn from them because they're living in the moment, you know, and they, they just enjoy. So I've got a treat. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, how, right. no matter how many times I go into the kitchen, the dogs laying there on their mat are happy to see me. <laughs> You know, I walk in five times a day. I go back from my office and, you know, go all these places. And every time I come back, they're thrilled to see me. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, um, when you've had that and you miss it, when the, when the door opens and this little thing just just goes bananas, to happy to see you, you know, you, you, you miss that. Because nobody else ever did that. Nobody was ever that happy to see me. No. <laughs> Never. No, and that's, you know... That's the one thing that they bring. And then you find yourself really looking forward to doing things for them. Yes. You yeah. know, my dogs are spoiled. Sometimes I make them pork chops. You know, sometimes I, I bring them a treat back. When I go to New York City, I bring them a little treat back. Like, you know, just like I do my kids. But yeah. it makes me happy. Well, and it, again, we're, this show's about heart open. It keeps you heart open because there's so many different different things that happen out there that you know keep pulling and pushing at you you need some you need whatever it is for you to to stay in that place of being grateful being appreciative doing something nice for for something or somebody and not expecting anything back in return right you know because that that's not you turn on the tv that's not what you see every day, you need, you need this solace, you need this, this warmth and um, however you get it um, is a good thing. Right. Right. I mean, you know, the companionship too, like, you know, we talked about in an earlier episode, the episode connecting with the flow. If you guys want to look it up, it's a really great episode. You talk about connecting with the flow. One of the things that dogs do really well is help you connect into the flow. Yes. Yes. Um, their energy is very powerful. Well, I think all pets, you know, I've not, I've, I've, I've 
think watching this thing bring up all about horses, and I never really understood horses, but it seems to me horses have that same, they, they, they can read your energy and they react mm -hmm. to where you are. Right. And it's very, you know, it's very powerful. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be that it can, you know, if it's a person, if it's friend, it, you know, if it, I don't know, whatever it takes to just stay in that good space, mm -hmm. that's where you want to be. Because, um, I mean, I, again, I just never realized the difference of, of that, that can make, right. You know, being closed off to being open is, is night and day. Well, and how different you feel um, going about your day, how difficult it is to come home and you've had a bad day at work. You can't not smile when somebody is so excited to see you. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it. And they make, you know, whatever or whoever can make you laugh and is a good thing. Yeah, because yeah, I think laughing is hard open, and and hard and happy and and hard open is healthy. Right, and you don't necessarily even have to have that animal in your household. I found that I can literally go on YouTube and watch a bunch of dog videos, cat videos. I'm I'm allergic to cats, so I'm not you know one to to have a cat in my house. But I think they're really funny. Well, they are. And I, I watch the, um, I, I on YouTube or Facebook, I, I look at all the dog videos and, and it's just amazing how smart they are. Yeah. I mean, I saw one today. It was, it was crazy. It was a, the, this person laying on a very narrow bed, like a twin bed. And there was a little, a little puppy, you know, kind of nuzzled into, into her body. And the big dog, I guess the mother dog, it was, it was a retriever, I think came and she wanted to be in that space. So she went and got the little bed for the puppy, took it in her mouth, you know, by the neck, put the little puppy on the bed, on the floor, and then she jumped up so she could be next. And there was no room for her. She was, so she could be next to that person. Now, come on. Yeah, right. You How know? can you not love, you know, love looking at some of this stuff? I mean, that's how I know... I know I need to open my heart when I, when I gravitate to those things. There's a reason. And it feels so good when your heart is fully open. Things feel really good. Yeah. So, you know, again, it, I think you just have to be self-aware. Self-awareness is certainly the beginning to, to notice the difference. Um, but something, you know, something good has to happen. So it, you can see the contrast and whatever it is in your life. You know, I, you know, I look at some things on, on TV or, or people that I know and, um, the, the, the husband and the wife, they just can't, they've been together forever, but they can't seem to get enough of one another. I don't know. They're holding hands. They're spending all this time together. It's like, it's it, you. So either you say, well, it's very suffocating or isn't it lovely that right. they can, you know, be together all the time after so many years and still appreciate each other so much? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You know, some people are like that. I think when they find their, they really find their soulmate or maybe they're just both really work at the relationship. You know, I don't know what their secret is. I don't know what it is, but, you know, that's always, um, a heart open for me when I see, you know, 
usually it's on TV, so it's not real. But it's just it just seems so lovely that again, it's that unconditional kind of love. No matter what they do, it's okay because you know you're my person. Right, right. And I think you know some of us don't have that person in our lives, and so is it one of those things where you? I really think, you know, in leading with the heart, you have to go ahead and live with a full heart, even if you don't have that special person, even if you don't have the dog, you know, the cat or the, you know, even the fish on the counter, you know, I think it's a real art to live heart open and lead your life with your heart when you don't have all that your heart desires. Yes, and, and if you do that, if you can manage to do that in any way, shape, or form, and that's what you believe you want, even in a, a relationship, you have to be that to attract that. Yeah. You know, you can't be heart closed and attract somebody that's heart open. I, it doesn't work. Any, no. any relationship that I've had, um, I've always attracted someone that was very much like me. Mm-hmm. With with not a great high emotional quotient because that's what I that's who I was that's what I attracted that was my vibration. If anybody was too mushy or too affectionate, it was like oh my ugh, not not good. See, and it's funny you know you say that because I have you know I have changed in that respect where I'm I'm much more heart open and I do attract the mush balls and I don't like it. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't really know if that's right for me. Like, you know, it just, because at first I thought, okay, it's just new. I'm going to adjust to it. I'm going to, now I'm just like, oh no. Okay. Well, you know, it's knowing what you did. And just because a person might not be the mushiest person in the world or the most affectionate, that doesn't mean that they're not heart open and that they, they are there for you and they're, you know, they're, they're wonderful and, and, and not, you know, someone can be mushy and affectionate and blah, blah, blah. But if they're, then they're, if they're judging you, then the whole, the whole, the game, game over. Yeah. It's gotta be somebody that will support you to be there um, I, I mean, that's, that's the really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, you know, when you lead with your heart, it doesn't mean you shut off your head or shut off your yeah. gut. But I, what I found is especially in relationships and leading with my heart, if I sit down and I think about many of my friendships, if I think about them logically, I'm like, Oh, the person drives me nuts. But then if I think if I lead the relationship with my heart and I give more compassion, forgiveness, understanding, then the relationships grow richer. And I think in relationships, you have to lead with your heart because you can look and go, it's been three hours since he called. It's been three days since he called. And your heart says, oh, I wish he would call. Your head says, oh, he's not going to call. Your relationship's over. <laughs> you know, those type of things. And that's where the conflict comes between leading with your head and your heart. So I'm really glad that we have these, like the heart brain and then the gut brain and then our brain brain, because it's a fine dance between all of that input. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's usually the the 
the heart open response is much warm, warmer and fuzzier than the brain response, which is usually just critical and judgmental and makes you feel crappy. Yep. So, you know, you can sort of, you can sort of discern where it's coming from by the tone, the tonality of it. And, um, shutting off your head sometimes is a very good thing. <laughs> uh, in relationships, I think it's a really important thing. Yeah, not easy. I'm not it's saying not that easy. it's easy. It takes, it takes some practice because especially when you've been doing it all your life to be judgmental or jump down somebody's throat or, you know, do when you know the other person is doing something they shouldn't be doing for their own good and welfare and you're like nagging, you know, the nagging wife or husband syndrome, that's, that's not good. It's a very hard habit to break because you feel like you're helping them, but it's really heart closed because it's coming from your head. If they get into trouble, what's that going to do to me? Right. <laughs> right. Well, you have to analyze these things. <laughs> Why you, you know, and it, it really, sometimes it's not even a, that you're caring about them. It's like, you, and you get angry because um, what will happen to me if, if, if he doesn't take care of myself or she doesn't take care of myself, I'm going to be up the creek without a paddle. Yep. Or yep. I'm going to have to take care of the fallout. And sometimes it's really hard open just to let people be who they're going to be, do what they're going to do, stay out of the way because this is their road to travel, not ours. Very hard. Very I'm hard. Sure. I, I try. Um, sometimes I'm successful. A lot of time, most times I'm not because yep. I want to jump in and fix things, which is a head thing, not a heart thing. No, it's a head thing. I mean, that's the thing, the head things with relationships. The more you can let that person be in non-life-threatening situations, yes. the better your relationships are. I know. And that's yeah. a really, that's not in my nature. Well, it's certainly not in my nature either. And that's why it's so difficult um, to let somebody be who they're going to be, even though you know it's not good. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it you know, I can think of a million different ways that I jump in when I really shouldn't. And, yep. and, and I'm saying, well, my heart's in the right place, but really my, it's not my heart's in the right place. Maybe my head's in the right place. Right. Or maybe maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know. Right. My ego's stepping in or my, yeah. um, you know, cause there's parts of me that go, I know better than I'm also parts of me that go like, well, why do I feel I have to be right? Or why do I feel that this is my responsibility? You know, these are the, the things that I have in my head because when your head rules the relationship, the relationship usually is over pretty quick. Yeah, or when the head rule, rules you. Right. Forget the relationship, but when the head rules you, um, it's it's very, very hard to be in a relationship because... There's no room for anybody else because there, there's so much self-talk and so much self-beating up and so much all of that going on with you. It, you know, it, <laughs> there's not a, a lot of room left. 
Right. There's not a lot of room left. And, you know, the other thing that I find in kind of leading with my heart, when I lead with my heart, I tend to think like, oh, gee, I hope they're having a lot of fun. I hope whatever they're doing, you know, they're having a good time, you know, that kind of thing. If I'm leading with my head, I'm like, I wonder if they're doing something fun and they didn't invite me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it does, it takes that negative spin. Yeah. So if we understand all of this stuff that comes out of our head is just negative garbage that, that, that makes no sense at all, why do we keep going there? <laughs> that is a million-dollar question. That is the million-dollar question because, you know, half the time the logic is wrong in our head because we're not that other person. We don't think like them. We don't, we don't we're not them. You know, we're not identical twins or, you know, triplets. So why would we think that someone else would think the way we do? That's right. So it, again, um, you, you, you put the, you know, I think you called it in, a, in a, a few sentences ago, it's our ego. Right. You know, we know better. Right. But we don't even know better for, our, for us, for ourselves. How could we think we could know better for somebody else? I right. mean, we really put it out, out, out like that. It's like, it makes no sense at all. Right, exactly. I mean, you can say, in my opinion, this is what I think, or this is what I think I might do. In, in the same situation, but hell, I don't know. You know, when I come across like a hammer, you know, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And it's, you know, and then it leads to no good. I, yeah. I had a, a boss once and he always used to say, he said, Linda, he said, don't try to think what's going on in anybody else's head. You have enough trouble trying to figure out what's going on in yours. <laughs> and he's right. He's right for all of us. <laughs> right. You know, absolutely right. I think, you know, that's like the perfect note to end on. I want to thank you, Linda, for this great show today because leading with the heart does require some adjustments and it does require some awareness. And the nice thing is, is I think it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you realize you're going into the head space and out of the heart space or going out of the head space into the heart space, you know, there's a reason we have all these tools. And so talking about how to use them and best practices, if I'm trying to figure a problem out at work, that's a head thing. If I'm trying to figure out something, you know, with my kids, it's probably more a heart thing. And so we use all of those senses together. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 